Welcome back, you guys. This is your host, Brittany P. here. It has been a while, but I'm glad we're back. Guys, I wanted to talk to you because this quote came up in conversation, and I want to talk about it. Closed mouths don't get fed. Now, I know you've heard of this quote before. This quote has been said by many mothers, many grandmothers, possibly you. <laughs> Closed mouths don't get fed, meaning... If you're wanting something, speak up, use your words. Even in church, we talk about how life and death is in the power of the tongue. So if we're needing something, if we're declaring for something, if we're believing for something, we need to put to words exactly what we're needing. But this quote came up, closed mouths don't get fed. And I thought this was very, very interesting quote. So y'all, let's talk about it. This quote came up in conversation. Really, it made it made me think about how we are often trained to not just say train, but we're often told that we have to put to words exactly what we're wanting, what we're needing. But not all the time is it very wise. And we learn this, not even in our own lives. Like sometimes, you know, we learn this in our own lives, but we learn this in the Bible. When we're talking about Joseph, if you know the story of Joseph, he is the brother that has the dreams. Now he's going to be great. And he is so excited about it. He is just so ecstatic. He goes off, tells his brothers about it. His brothers are jealous. His brothers are hating. His brothers don't like him. And it's not just because of the dreams. It's because of the backstory and how things have gone before that moment. So they were not trying to hear <laughs> anything Joseph had to say about his dreams, about him being great, about people bowing down to him. They thought he done lost his everlasting mind. Backstory. Joseph, he was, I would guess you could say like the prize child. He was that favorite one. If you are a sibling of more than one, if it's just more than you, if you are not, if you have a sibling, you can somewhat understand in some kind of way that parents are not saying this is a good thing, but parents sometimes will tend to have a favorite. This is not all the time. Don't come bash me in the comments. Don't come beat me up. But there has been a time or two as children that we get a little jealous, feel like one parent loves one more than the other, what you know, whatever. And I would just say for myself, I'm just speaking for me, being a sibling of five, you can definitely tell who leans to what parent more. We'll just leave it at that, okay? But in this particular family with Joseph, his father Jacob he was like spoiling him. Like he was always giving him all this attention, all this love for whatever reason. And it even says in the Bible how Jacob gave him this beautiful uh, garment, this beautiful garment of full of colors and everything. It was just bright and beautiful. And all the other brothers looking like, for real, that's how you really feel? Dad, like, <laughs> like what kind of mess? So... Little backstory. Go back a little bit further. Joseph is the son of Rachel. And the brothers that were upset and jealous of Joseph 
were the sons of Leah. Now go back just a little bit further in Jacob's business a little bit. Jacob was um, wanting to work on his farm, wanting to do this stuff, and wanting to marry this, this sister, Rachel. Rachel was very beautiful. The Bible talks about how beautiful and glamorous she was. Rachel had a sister named Leah. Leah is not described as well as Rachel. <laughs> I'm laughing as not good. I'm sorry, Lord. But Rachel, people, it has been said before, people say that Rachel was like the one that was tendied. She was tendied. Like, <laughs> Rachel was, you know, she's beautiful soul. Amen. But Rachel wasn't the one that he was attracted. I mean, sorry, Leah wasn't the one that he was attracted to. It was Rachel. He wanted Rachel. So he went to their father and said, hey, you know, what What I need to do, I want to be able to marry your daughter, Rachel. Father's like, look, you know, work for me, da, 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 and I give your hand, you know, I'll give her to you, whatever. But the dad, their daddy, Rachel and Leah's daddy, had some up his sleeve. Like, he wanted his daughter, Leah, to be married because, like how the Bible said, she was ten dad. <laughs> ten dad. So <laughs> she wasn't the one that people would just run up and be like, oh, you know, whatever. Leave it at that. So long story short, Jacob does all the stuff. He ends up being tricked into marrying Leah. And, you know, it just goes from there. So Rachel's the one that Jacob really favored. So Fast forward to see that he favors Joseph, the son of Rachel, just as just the same, if not more, is really not a surprise. So Joseph, he tells his brothers, hey, I had this dream. Like he's a super excited. I had this dream and, you know, freaking the stars were bound down to me. Like it was great. Like it was crazy. And he just kept sharing his dreams. He kept having dreams, kept sharing his dreams with his family. And with his parents and there, he and you know everybody's looking at him like you don't lost your mind. You are crazy. Who's gonna be bound down to you? He's like the little brother. He got older brother. Older brother's like you tripping. And they already don't like you because you already been spoiled. Like you are the spoiled little brat. That I guess that's a good way to say he was a spoiled little brat, out of the family, out of the bunch, out of the brothers, and. The jealousy was real. And I'm just like, he's sharing all his dreams, all this stuff with, with his family. And when you read the story, when you're in the Bible and you're reading the story, it's just like, you just kind of wanted to be like, you kind of feel for Joseph because Joseph was young. He wasn't, I mean, people say like he was like a young adolescent. He wasn't grown full of dough. He, I feel like, Joseph, he was so excited about it. He just wanted to share what he just learned. It was so exciting. It's brand new. It's cool. Like, it's like, what? So he wants to share this great news with his family, with his, especially with his brothers. But I feel like Joseph ran into it so blindly that it caused them to go through these trials and tribulations, being sold and being in prison and all the things that came about. I feel like he went through all that because he... So trustingly and so openly shared something that probably should have been private. Now, I've also asked this question for my Bible scholars and ones that know the story and really read the Bible. What if 
Joseph never shared his dream, what would have happened? And people are like, you know, everything happens for a reason. I do believe that too. But what if Joseph knew to not share the dream? What if Joseph knew to just hold that within himself? Would he have gone through the same things to get him to the place that he eventually would be being, you know, with Pharaoh and running, you know, running things, running the show, being of great status? Would he have ever gotten to that point? Or would it have just not happened? Was he supposed to share the dream? Now, many people say, you know, everything happens for a reason. So God gave him that dream during that time when he was young, when he was, you know, excited, when he wasn't very wise, he didn't know. So God used him in that moment, knowing how, who he was and how he was to ultimately catapult him to where he needed to be. And others would be like, you know what, maybe that all could have been avoided if he would have just known better. So closed mouths don't get fed. Sometimes there is power in not opening your mouth. I'm not saying that Joseph wouldn't have, you know, ultimately gotten to where he was in that position, you know, being able to ultimately save his family. But, I mean, if we can avoid trauma and tribulations, Let's avoid it. If you're asking me, <laughs> I want it the easiest, smoothest way possible. I don't want to have to do more than what I have to. I don't want to have to struggle. I don't want to have to go through hard times. And just to think, like, if, it, if I would have found out because I opened my mouth that now I have to go through harder times, I would be so mad at myself. I would beat myself up totally. I would be so upset. Like, uh, if all I had to do was just shut my mouth, if all I had to do was just not say something to somebody. And there has been times in my life to where I've gotten excited about things. I've shared things, some things I was just so ecstatic about. And I went to people that I trusted, went to people that I knew, well, that I believed that I could trust with such information. And I'm just like, you know what? Uh, I'm so excited. I just have to share something. You know, like you're so excited. You're full of adrenaline and you're just about to burst and you're just like I have to tell somebody I feel like that's exactly how Joseph was he just had to tell somebody he was just so full of adrenaline he was so excited he knew like the Holy Spirit like this is so real this is so it's going to happen like, he knew within without a shadow of a doubt he knew that yes this is going to happen yes but I also feel like he didn't have the wisdom to know that mm, don't share with your brothers. Mm, don't share with your family. Because honestly, if you think about it, if you think about if you go back just a little bit, like I said, Joseph, born of Rachel, the brothers, the ones that were jealous, born of Leah. And the way that Jacob treated Rachel and Leah can just, I, it just paints the picture of how he treated his boys. Joseph was always, you know, loved on and spoiled and also the little brother Benjamin you know loved on and spoiled but it took Rachel if you read the Bible it took Rachel a little bit before she had Benjamin and when she gave birth to Benjamin she passed so I'm just like she just had Joseph so I know like he was like yes I had this child with the woman that I wanted to marry 
Oh, it was just everything that Jacob wanted. So Jacob put all of his time and tension and everything, energy into Joseph. Now, on the other hand, he also had Leah. Now, I ain't going to talk too much about this, but I'm just going to say Jacob knew what he was doing. He kept, he kept going back to Leah. Just going to leave that right there. Just saying. He kept planting seeds and out came babies. I mean, she has six sons. Just saying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, Jacob, he was just like, he wanted his cake and he wanted to eat it too. Let's just, you know. So I'm just like, he is, the way he treated Leah, I'm, I feel like is the way he treated those sons. They felt like they were second. And, you know, it's pretty crappy. Like, they, Jacob, like, you didn't, I don't think you would have got the dad award for Father's Day. <laughs> Not from your boys. I know it sounds the way it sounds, but we're just going to be honest here. This is what the Bible say. So I'm just like, uh, to just think. So Jacob treated them the way he did. So the jealousy was birthed way before then. The anger was birthed way before then. You know, the, the feeling of rejection, all that was birthed within them before the dream and everything like that. So with taking all that into account, it's just like, ah, poor little Joseph. He didn't know any better. He's just a child. He's not going to know. He is not, you know. But now, now that he's went through everything he's went through, and he's now at this place, and his brothers, now we're fast-forwarding into the Bible where his brothers are coming to him because they need food, because of the famine. And he's just like, I need to test them. I need to make sure this and that and the third. So he does all these different things to test his brothers just to see where their heart is really at. Honestly, just to see where their heart is really at. So he had tested them, bring me uh, your brother Benjamin, bring me, you know, whatever and they're like oh no we can't da, da, da. but he was testing just to see are you gonna you know treat benjamin the way you treated me that's my younger brother now hey though he you know after after the fact he was like you know i got you know i got a little wisdom now he, he know now that you know you treated me like this because of the way that who we were birthed from the way that we were brought up the way we were raised so i need to just check so he was checking just to see like how, where is their heart at? All this. So he was able to gain wisdom in the end. But what if you were able to have that wisdom now? Sometimes we just need to step back. Sometimes we just need to be able to discern. Sometimes we need to be able to slow down and be like, hmm, who is really for me and who is not? But those things, I mean, in the moment is very innocent. You would think that Joseph could trust his brothers. You would think that Joseph could trust his family with such great information. But he ultimately kind of couldn't because of the jealousy, because of everything that happened prior to them. But he was so oblivious to that. He just was excited. So I feel like it is very, very important to always move and pray to God for discernment. That is one of the biggest things that my mother has taught me to discern, to really go to God and be like, hmm, is this right? 
this looks good, but is it for my good? They are my friend, but are they really my friend? Do they really care about me? Do they really support me? Do they, are they really having my back? And there's been many occasions, many things, many times where I myself had to learn when to shut my mouth. I know at times you get excited. I know at times you want to just share the good news, the great news of what's going on in your life. It's very exciting. Sometimes it can be frightening because it's so big that you just need to just have that support. Have just knowing that somebody has your back. You need that. And I get it. I totally understand it. But as we move and as we're growing, especially in the times that we're in, we have to be very careful with who we allow in our space. We have to be very careful with who we allow to have certain information about us, concerning us. Because how the Bible says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. You may be speaking life, but you just may not know that the person you trust in with this information, the person that you're believing is having your back, that's going to walk with you through this new journey, this new part of life, may be speaking death on the very thing that you are praying and believing for, on the very thing that you are afraid to walk out on. Ah, I mean, it's crazy. It is crazy. But... I believe that you'll be able to overcome this. I believe that you will be just fine if you know what to pray, know what to ask for, and really just receive what the Holy Spirit is telling you. So like in the Bible, how King Solomon, he was like, God was like, whatever you want, I'll give you whatever you want. Ask me and it's yours. And the very thing that, Solomon asked for was wisdom. He asked for wisdom. And God was just like, you know what? Just because you asked for wisdom and not materialistic things, you didn't want no money, no gold, no nothing. Spices, whatever, herbs, all that stuff that was very high quality, all that, all the riches and everything of the time. He didn't ask for none of that. He's like, I don't even care about none of that. I need wisdom. I need to know how to maneuver in this life. I need to know in this position that you trusted me in. Because his dad, David, King David was like, look, out of everything that you would need, the one thing that you need the most is wisdom. You need to know how to move. You need to know who you can and can't trust. And that was right before Solomon was being promoted up to king. Solomon was being promoted up. We're in a time and a season now, guys, so where we are moving from glory to glory. This is the fast forward season of our lives. God is putting us in positions for a reason, for a purpose. And the very thing that we need the most is wisdom. We need wisdom on the what, the who, the when, the where, the why, the how. You know, those five, what is it, the five W's and the H, whatever they call it. But you need to know, and we're not going to know all of it on our own. So we have to go to the Holy Spirit. We have to be like, you know what, God? It's big. It's bigger than me. I need to know exactly what you're wanting me to do, how you're wanting me to do it, 
who I need to have alongside of me, where I need to be. Cause some, you need to be in the right place at the right time. You need to have the right people around you. You need to know why. So you can hold tight to that vision. Know the why, what is your why? That was one of the questions that I had asked the ladies the other night. What is your why? Even my boss had, you know, she always has that on her, the bottom of her signature on her email. But always remember your why, because that's going to be the ultimate driver for you. That's going to always be the thing that's going to keep you motivated, keep you pushing, keep you going, because there's going to be times to where you're just going to be like, ah, mm, it gets tough. It gets sticky. It gets, you know, muddy. Remember your why. Your what? Your what? What does God want you to do? Because sometimes we get caught up in the glamours and to the attention of things that we lose sight of what God really wants us to do. We could be very successful in the things of the world, but that can all be a distraction to what God really wants you to do. Know your what, know your why, know when. When does God want you to push out and do this thing? Maybe sometimes you just need to take time to really research and Get the downloads and just take time to spend time with God before you actually launch out to what you're doing. Your what, your when, your why, your where. Where does God want you to be? Does he want you to be here? Like where emotionally, where physically, where where does he want you to be? All those things you are going to need in this new season. But you can't have any of that if you don't have wisdom. If I can tell you one thing, always ask for what, like, let's just take that lesson from King Solomon, because after that, we see all the great things that happened with Solomon. Solomon was very successful. He was able to do a lot with just wisdom, with just wisdom. And I'm just like, you know, we get caught up in people. We get caught up in things. We get caught up in positions. We get caught up in recognition. No, you need to know where God truly wants you to be. It's very important. It's a very pivotal time of your life. So know where, <laughs> you got to know where God is wanting you to be. Closed mouths don't get fed. Yes, it is very true. Sometimes we have to open our mouths and speak up. But closed mouths also don't get fed the lies, the distraction, the anything else that's not of what God is wanting you to ingest, indulge in. How the Bible says, you know, our bodies are temple. It's not just our weight. It's not just us trying to be fine, summertime fine. It's also us muffling our ears, muffling our eyes. Making sure our mouths are covered. The Bible also says be slow to speak and quick to hear. Sometimes the very thing that you need to know is found in your silence. Sometimes you just hushing it up. Mm. And you just sit back and you watch. You sit back and you listen. It's going to tell you everything you need to know. I can tell you there has been times where I have been tested. <laughs> there has been times where I have been wanting to just really run my mouth. And if you know me, you know that 
I do show grace. I do give grace. But there will come moments to where my mouth will run before I do. And I have to go run to catch my mouth. Because I'm going to say something. But I have learned the power of being silent. I have learned the power in my silence. Because sometimes our hearts for people, I'll just say that in just this one scenario, this one whatever, sometimes our heart for people can blind us from the truth. And I'll just break it down like this. You've known someone for a very long time and to the point to where you trust them on some sort of level, okay? You trust them on some sort of level, but you love this person. This person has a big heart. This person cares for people. This person is genuinely a good person. So, you know, you, you let your walls down, let your guards down. Okay. But, and you ultimately, just like how Joseph was, he forecame with, with great information and you see where that got him. But sometimes, you know, loving someone on a certain level, if you're not careful, you could put them on a pedestal. You can put them on you can view them, you can make them an idol in your life. I love this person so much. We'll, we'll even use the example so I can give you more of a visual. Church. I'm a church going girl. I love church. I love the purpose of church. I love being surrounded by people. I just, I love it. That's just where I'm at. I love ministry. I love, love it all. It's like family. So, but for me, I just, whatever. I can say, oh, I love my pastor so much. I've known my pastor for X amount of years. Let's just say mm, 10, 12 years. I know my pastor for 12 years. Like, he's such a great guy. He has a great heart. He loves people. Da, 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 da. And I just love you. And I just blindly just, I, I can trust you on some sort of level. And then when it comes to certain things, instead of testing it, Instead of going back, like, let's just say he preaches a word. Instead of going back and testing it and reading my Bible and finding out for myself, I'm just going to take his word for it. I'm just going to just go and just take his word. Because I know he's a, a loving guy. He's a kind guy. He has a great heart. Da, 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 da. And I don't go back and I test the word. I don't go back and read my Bible for myself. And I just, it gets to the point to where now I am literally being fed by my pastor instead of being fed by the word. And then I begin to idolize my pastor instead of idolizing the word. I push the word aside and I'm just all for my pastor, all for my pastor, all for my pastor. To the point to where if there's any mistakes that he makes, if there's anything that he does wrong, if there's anything that he, you know, just he was just flat out wrong I would sit there and I would be quicker to turn a blind eye to it than going back and trying to be the good sister be the good Christian and trying to set it straight trying to help out maybe I shouldn't say pastor maybe I should say like a church friend kind of like pastor is just like it's such a 
pos- such a high position that, you know, people like they'll find fault in, oh, you can't approach your pastor. You can't da 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 da. Okay. Let's just say a good church friend, whatever position you love this person so much that when they do something wrong, you're quicker to turn a blind eye to it. And you know, it's wrong. They know it's wrong, but your love for them blinds you to where you're, you are quicker to be like, oh, it's okay. Oh, slap on the wrist. Oh, whatever. You turn the blind eye to it. Instead of going back to the word, you be like, look, I love you. We're going to get this right. We'll get this straight. We're going to, you know, whatever. We have to be very careful in not making idols out of people, not making idols out of things, not making idols out of recognition, attention. We have to be very careful. So the power in being silent, it reveals something not just within other people, but also within yourself. Sometimes you being silent can reveal something within you that you may need to work on. And this was a quick revelation for me just the other day. And I was in my feelings about this big time because I hate being wrong. But <laughs> I'm just like, uh-uh, I am not wrong. I was so justified in my feelings in the moment, but I was told otherwise. Sometimes me just shutting my mouth because sometimes I am so in my feelings that I have to be vindicated. I have to be heard. Somebody's going to hear me because what happened to me was wrong and they need to know it. But sometimes <laughs> God needs me to shut my mouth so he can tell me, hey, yes, you may have been right in this little smidge of an area, Brittany, but you were also wrong in this and 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 this 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 and it's just like, wow, okay, man, I've been told about myself and it don't feel good. So sometimes people, they just don't want to face themselves. They don't want to be told they're wrong. So they don't want to, they don't want to hear none of it. So they want to grab an army and have a supporting group so they can feel better about their life choices. Sometimes that was me. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But sometimes being silent works for you. Sometimes being silent will cause you to sit back and be like, man, I could actually have done better. I was actually wrong right there. Hmm. And honestly, if you're in the business of going from glory to glory, like God has called us to do, you would take heed to that. You would humble yourself. <laughs> I laugh it because I know, hey, you got to humble yourself and understand that you're not always right. Understand that maybe you're wrong and understand that there is always a better way. So. I'll just leave you with this, with this new season that we're walking into, because I totally believe this is our time. This is, we were created for a time such as this. The life that we're living, the world that we're living in, the positions that we are in or that we're entering into, we were created for. Now, we have to be very wise in what God is entrusting into us. God has called us to be a shepherd over this, over this position, over this new season. We need to shepherd it well. We need to steward it well, I mean. Take care of it. 
And if you don't know what to ask for, the thing, the greatest thing, probably the only thing that you need to probably ask for is wisdom. Be like King Solomon. If God, if God would give you anything that you ever wanted, make sure you are asking for wisdom. Ask for, ask God for wisdom into this new season, into what God is wanting you to steward over. Because as this is new, there's new things that you have not yet been exposed to. There's new things that you just don't know about. And you walking into this thing blindly will cause nothing but a ruckus, will cause nothing but a circus. Don't let this season fumble. Don't fumble this season. Don't be so quick to just, eh, okay, cool. Or be so quick to just, you're all for the fame and the lights and everything that you get from it, all the recognition, and don't really take heed to what God is calling you to do. This is a new season. This is a new time of life. It is new. It is going to be a ride. (laughs) I am super excited for what God is doing in your life, but we have to make sure that we're walking into this wise. Amen. As the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. Seek God first. You're wanting all these new things, all these new ways of life, all of whatever you may need, you may need. You may be praying for a new car, a new house. You may be praying for, you know, a blessing in your finances, whatever you may need. Seek God first. And if he asks, seek God first. And if he asks you, what do you need? Make sure you say wisdom. Amen. Because God, he's going to bless you. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. And, you know, he's going to bless you according to his riches and glory. He is going to bless you for whatever you need. All your needs are taken care of. Sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, God, I need this. Oh, God, I need that. Sometimes life is hard. If you know, you know, life can get hard to where, you know, like you get so focused and hell bent on taking care of the need that you lose sight of what God is wanting to do within you. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. Seek wisdom. Like my mom say, you need to be able to discern because the people that are surrounding you are going to create your environment. The people that are surrounding you can be, are, can be either speaking life or death. You don't want anyone hindering this part of your life. This part of your life is so big. We can't afford to let it just slip through the, slip through our fingertips. We can't, we can't afford to fumble the ball. Amen. So I love y'all. Pray for wisdom. I pray y'all have a great day. It's bright and sunny outside. And y'all, it really caused me to just want to just get out more. Wanting to just soak up the sun. I even changed my letterboard. I have a letterboard in my house in my hallway. And I changed the message on it to where it's just, baby, it's your time to shine. Get out, shine your light. You are a light that's set on a hill for a reason. Go out and shine your light. Go out and be bright. 
and just enjoy the time. Enjoy your summer. Pray you guys are being safe. And as always, it has been a pleasure, guys. Take care. Talk soon.